You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Welcome to step seven of my seven steps for real estate investors. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks so much for joining me again as we go back to the basics here on The Real Wealth Show. And step seven is all about protecting yourself. And how that looks is doing your due diligence before you close on any property. So the first thing you need to do if you tie up a property is order your inspections before buying. Make sure you know exactly what you're getting before closing escrow and get that full inspection report from an independent third-party inspector. And if you really want to be safe, get a whole bunch of inspections. You can take any questionable items on your main inspection report and do further inspections on foundations or chimneys or HVAC or whatever it is that you're concerned about from the report. This is so, so important because it's at that time, once you have your inspection report, that you can go back and negotiate the sales price. A lot of people think that once you're in contract, you're in contract and negotiations are over. But the opposite is true. Once you have your inspection report and you know what needs fixing, well, that's where you can negotiate maybe a lower sales price or have the seller fix those items for you. You definitely can't do any negotiating after the close of escrow. And make sure that anything that you're agreeing on is in writing, ideally written by hand into the sales contract. Don't make any assumptions. If there's something you really like about the property, make sure it's going to stay once you close. Even down to the appliances, it's very, very important to point that out. With the very first home that we bought, there was a beautiful chandelier that we knew was worth a lot of money. But when we closed on the property, that chandelier was no longer there. It had been replaced by a much cheaper one. So ideally, we should have been very specific about that chandelier if we cared about it. I've also had people close on properties and find out that the appliances were taken out because it wasn't clear whether or not they would stay. So again, make sure you do your inspections and use that information in your negotiations. Number two, Be sure to order appraisals, third-party appraisals, to really understand how a professional would value that property. Well, when you get conventional financing, the bank will do that for you. But if you're paying cash, you may think that inspection is enough, but get the appraisal too. It does cost money, but it's well worth it for your peace of mind. Plus, it's another tool for negotiations, because if the appraisal comes in low, then you might be able to lower your sales price. But not always, because the seller may say, I don't care what the appraiser thinks, this is what I'm selling it for. But at least then you get to decide or at least try to negotiate. And number three, make sure you have your insurance in place. If it's a rental property, get a landlord policy and order that insurance policy well in advance of closing escrow so you know your exact insurance costs when looking at your pro forma. And in that landlord policy, make sure it includes loss of rent and liability insurance. And I'd also look into flood insurance because if you're not in a flood zone, it might actually be really inexpensive to get it. So why not? And if you're in California, it's really expensive to get earthquake insurance, but it's really important too. Most people don't have it, but we know one is probably coming, so we should be prepared. And number four, get umbrella insurance on your primary residence for at least $2 million of coverage. You may be surprised at how inexpensive it is to get that kind of coverage but it's really, really valuable. And make sure it covers your investment property. Some don't. 
Number five, consider placing your rental property into an LLC, which is a limited liability company. This will give you much needed asset protection. But talk to a real estate attorney because they'll help you determine if it's necessary. If you have a really large net worth, well, then you really should have bulletproof asset protection. But if you're just getting started and your property is highly leveraged, there's not much for people to take. The liability insurance is probably all they'll go after. Talk to your asset protection attorney. And we have a list of really good attorneys at realwealthnetwork.com. Just click on the resources tab. And before removing contingencies on your investment property, be sure to talk to the property manager before closing to verify rents. Nobody can guarantee rents, but at least your property manager can give you a really good idea of what the rents are at that time. And if it turns out that rents have gone down, well, again, it might be a negotiating tactic for you to say, well, I need to pay less for the property then so that the numbers work. And there's plenty of websites too where you can look up rents like Zillow and Rent Range. Number seven, have at least six months reserves in place per property to cover possible vacancies and repairs. I mentioned that in a prior podcast. But this is really, really important. Don't be surprised by the fact that there will be vacancies and there will be repairs. Don't let it throw you off. It's just part of doing business. In the long run, those little expenses won't even matter once you own those rental properties free and clear. Number eight, be aware that if you're using an equity line, it could affect your credit in the same way as using a credit card. So it's better to get a fixed loan if you're using home equity to buy investment property because that's treated more like a mortgage and can actually be good for your credit. Number nine, visit the property whenever possible and ideally before close of escrow. Not everybody does that because there's so much research you can do online. Plus you've got your independent appraisal and inspections to look at. But still, I think there's value in seeing the neighborhood and actually seeing the house, although I'm guilty of buying sight unseen as well. And number 10, use the power of a network. If you're investing with a group like Real Wealth Network, you won't be out there on your own. And if you've got any complaints about your property manager, well, you've got someone to negotiate on your behalf because those real estate professionals wouldn't want to lose the business of a large network. This way, you don't have to be a lone ranger out there. So those are my seven steps for investing in real estate. I've also got my book, Retire Rich with Rentals, that has checklists and questions to ask your property manager and lots of information to help you get started. That's Retire Rich with Rentals that you can buy on Amazon, and that will be a great step to read that. But the most important thing is to just get started. Start with step one. Because over the years, I've met so many people who've spent thousands of dollars on education, in some cases as much as $100,000, but haven't taken any action or invested in any property. So don't let that be you. Retire Rich with Rentals is only 20 bucks, so that is a great start. And of course, all the information on our website at realwealthnetwork.com is free. So absorb that information before spending any money on education. Not that I have anything against paying for education, but get as much information as you can for free. You can also get so much information from podcasts like this one. But maybe the first step is meeting with your CPA or talking to property managers or going on a property tour or getting approved for financing or maybe just getting your umbrella insurance policy in place or meeting with an attorney to discuss your asset protection plan. Whatever it is you're concerned about, there is a professional out there who can walk you through how other real estate investors are doing it. And the more you learn and the more you get out there taking action, eventually you will know when it's time to make an offer because rather than feeling fear, you will feel exhilaration. 
Fear is only a sign that you have unanswered questions. So get those answers and keep moving forward. And of course, we are here to help you along the way. And all of this may sound like a lot of work, but believe me, over time, you will be so grateful that you invested in real estate. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, then you've probably heard me talk about my mom's pastor. He's a pastor up in Chico, California, who probably makes a pretty low salary as a pastor. Certainly not enough to make him wealthy. But about 30 years ago, when he was a pastor of a church in a different town, he and his wife had bought a home, but then got hired at a different church. And they tried to sell their home, but there were no buyers at the time, so they rented it out. And that's when they realized, wow, somebody else is paying off our mortgage for us. Let's do this again. So they started buying rental properties one by one. He'd save up money from his little pastor's salary and use it as a down payment to buy another rental property and another rental property. And then he'd have the tenants pay off that note for him. Well, today he owns about 10 properties in Chico, California that are worth about $250,000 each. And they're completely paid off by his tenants. And each one probably runs for about $1,500 a month. So that is not a bad retirement plan for somebody who had earned a pretty low salary over the years. Now, in 2008, when the California housing market crashed and his homes were maybe worth half of what they had been, maybe $125,000 each, he actually didn't care because he wasn't planning on selling the properties. They were just income properties. And in fact, rents went up at the time because so many people had lost their home to foreclosure, they were forced to rent. So instead of feeling the recession at all, even though the asset values had gone down, his rents went up during the Great Recession. So that is just an example of how real estate builds wealth over time. He didn't pay $250,000 for those properties. He probably paid $50,000 or less, but they're worth $250,000 each today. That is the power of leverage in an inflationary market. So again, if you want more education and information, you can go to realwealthnetwork.com. It's free to be a member, and we've got hundreds of webinars there for free to continue in your real estate wealth building education. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can go to our website and search seven steps for new investors to get all of this in writing. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I hope to see you at one of our upcoming events. Take care. Bye-bye.